We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network, Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, thanks for joining me here. Uh, say hello to the listeners. Hello, listeners. The reason why I was so abrupt with my normally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I can't find it. Uh, intro. Long-winded? Because we're... Yeah, long. Wow, that's yeah. Uh, poetic is, I think, what I was going for. Oh, like okay. Poetic intro, you know. Uh, skyline chili farts. Who knows what what happens when I go off like this? Joining us, the unofficial mayor of Oshkosh, Ty Windish. Ty, thanks for joining us. I was gonna say hello earlier, but I was doing my best Bryce Harper impression, so I decided to just stand here and and not do anything. But thank you guys for for having me on. I'm very excited. Adam correctly about a week ago, I think, in our Discord called out like I think Ty's getting Brewers fever. He's right. I've been watching almost every game. I think like the NBA offseason, all that stuff wraps up. And then it's like I started Jonesing for for some more Milwaukee sports. And I follow the Brewers, but I don't get to watch as much while all the NBA stuff is happening. I've been watching lately. I picked a great time. I picked a really great time to be all in again. Very excited to talk about some Brewers after Another really very fun series. Not to be uncharitable, yeah, but people should be excited listening. It's like if Ty Windish is here to talk Brewers, 
Brewers are pretty good. Hey, I I think I did some bad series last season. Maybe some bad series while they were good. I think I think they were all uh, pre trade deadline. That's true. I don't don't think we heard from Ty after the trade deadline last year. (laughs) The Brewers Uh, lined it up for me. What can I say? And now we're approaching the trade deadline, and maybe we'll have some happy, fun things to talk about. Uh, We've had fun things to talk about on the last uh, podcast as the, the Brewers swept the Reds. Now we come to you mere minutes after we watched Corbin Burns and Abner Uribe finish off taking two out of three games from the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, yeah, Ty, I got a sense when I was listening to you and Rohan, uh, you know, hand out summer league stocks that you were going to be ready to, you know, transition to uh, <laughs> baseball season because, you know, that that's that's tough. That's tough work right there. Um yeah, before we get into the news and notes in the series of our, our usual flow with this podcast, uh, Ty, just like high level thoughts on where the Brewers have been so far this season, where they find themselves out and kind of like how you're vibing as a fan, just like jumping fully on board for the rest of the year. It's actually funny because it, this is like the last two weeks or so have been a big turning point for me and the Brewers. And I think probably the case for a lot of people, but before that, kind of when this run sort of started, I think they're what now, like 6 and one in their last seven series. So maybe a little longer than two weeks, but it's kind of like they're like fighting for the division, but they're not actually good. The division is just bad. So you know, let's ride it out. Let's see, you know, maybe have some fun in the playoffs, whatever. But it feels like with, I mean, I know it's been a little longer for Yelich, but Yelly really like Yelly's back. I know we, you guys have talked about it. We've all talked, everyone watching the Brewers is talking about it because it's so damn exciting. He's, he's back back. I mean, he was great again today. I now Contreras starting to hit a little bit more. I, I kind of been really been waiting for that one. Um, the person I probably talk Brewers with the most, maybe even counting you guys, is my dad, Big Tim. And he has been very anti-Wild Bill. And I'm like, just wait. Like, he's wow. too good of a hitter. Yeah, he's always oh, like, oh, he's not hitting enough. I'm like, he'll get there. He'll get there. I think he's coming around. I've been a believer there. Willie is just doing Willie stuff. But now Burns also, I, I kind of feel like Burns being back is a little underrated with Yelly being back, but I do feel like that's a thing. The bullpen looks outstanding. Adding Uribe to the bullpen. Ooh. So I went from like, well, let's try out the season. This could be fun to better not sell anyone. We, I hope we learned from last year. I, I know the trade has worked out subsequently. All the players added. That's great. It kind of nuked the season. Let's it's for not, sure yeah. not do that. It's not I, a trade I, I don't want to relitigate. I just want to because I'm, I'm seeing more and more of it. And I know we've got one listener who's going to start a fight with me over this again, the Discord. But one trade was a disaster. And then the cleanup yes. trade. They was salvaged good. it. They salvaged it. That, like, that's the way to put it. That's fair. And di- different executives oversaw them. So uh, the, I'm feeling good about the new executive, by the way. It was one of my thoughts. If you can find four more guys you can hit, that's all we need. That's just light work, half the positions. But. Uh, but I'm feeling good. Like I want, I want a modest ad. I'm not a Shohei guy. I want, I love Shohei to be clear. I'm not a trade everything for Shohei guy, but I want a nice modest addition or two, especially to the hitters. I want to go for it. I feel like they can make a little run this year. Like the stars are aligning. I don't know. My Brewers optimism is here. Do I sound like a, do I sound like a ignorant fan? What do I sound like? Uh, I think I think you and I are on the same page. Modest ads is is what I want for this team. They're two games back of one of the first round buys, I believe, in the National League now. So, like, you're back to the Dodgers. That's, yeah, yeah, that's progress. Uh, do I think that's where they'll end up? You know, probably not. 
Um, I think I'm feeling good about them winning the division and getting in. And like, like you talked about Matt Arnold, you know, this is a, a deadline for him like last offseason where he had a chance to to flex a little bit, getting Contreras and Piamps uh, for Estee Ruiz, uh, forcing his way into that Braves athletics deal that was centered around Sean Murphy. So he made a splash there. Obviously, we saw what happened with Elvis Peguero. Can he do another under-the-radar trade or trade where like we don't see coming that makes this team incrementally better so that when their full complement of starting pitchers are doing what they're doing, they're at least getting a little more output from the offense. Yelich continues doing what he's doing. Uh, Contreras continues to do what he's doing. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page with you there. Uh, Matt Arnold also, you know, breaking bread with his players to talk to them about rumors and what may happen at the trade deadline. And all of a sudden, Corbin Burns looks like the old Corbin Burns. Uh, causation, correlation, uh, you know, who can say uh, how much does that have a factor in things? But, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different time from last year and which direction they'll go in, I don't, I don't think we know. Imagine what would have happened if they'd, like, given them, if not job security, not completely undermined them in the offseason. You could have had a whole season of this first day, Corbin. That would be fun. I don't, to, I don't want to, to open your, old wounds. <laughs> I, it's too late. We're opening all of them a season like this one. Um, uh, to your point, I I, I, don't, I can't remember what the phrase used. Do you sound like? I, ignorant I don't think, fan. I don't think you sound like an ignorant fan. I, I think you do sound like someone who has got to come back in and really lock in yeah. in a fun moment. But that's yeah. a good thing, and long may it continue, and hopefully that's how it looks back. I'm slightly more cautious, just because of some of what we've seen, and honestly, every single day when I see the lineup, I'm like, how, how long can they keep getting away with this? But I, I do think the key point that you made is Corbin Burns is back, Christian Yelich is back, and they are like they are the two highest highest ceiling players on the entire Brewers roster. If you look at what is the peak of those two guys' powers, would it be useful to have that back? The answer is unequivocally yes. They're two of the best players in the league. If you can do that, and right now the Brewers are kind of getting something that's close to that. Certainly in Yelich's case, closer than we would have imagined seeing any time ever really again if ever i think ever is true I, I i we hoped for like good leadoff right like prior to this season is like if he can just be a good leadoff hitter for for the rest of the contract we'll take that and now it's like looks like an looks like an mv i think you made this point adam like if you just look at the since he started like was it june or so mm-hmm. very late may maybe it's like oh those are like the mvp yelich numbers like it's it's really back it's not just like you know the oh yeah he's hitting 300 and homers every so often now it turns out it makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, know, it helps a little bit. <laughs> it, it gets you through with a patched together lineup and with not good offense at all. If you just have one guy who can come true and I don't know, hit a big tree run bomb to open up a game or whatever it might be. Shall we talk about uh some pot- uh potential additions to the roster and one more subtraction from the roster uh that has sure. happened for hopefully a brief period of time? All right, so since we left you, uh, you know, last episode, we talked about B.A.'s sore back. We talked about Rowdy's finger. And you know what? The injury hits just keep coming. Uh, Wade Miley uh, to the I.L. Uh, he spoke to the media and said, quote, it's not my UCL. Good. Uh, be <laughs> bad if we were talking about Wade Miley getting Tommy John. Uh, he's gotten a PRP injection. Uh, he said he's been dealing with bone spurs in his elbow, and he's been pitching with a lot of pain. Uh, 
Craig Council expressed uh, some hope that he will not miss a ton of time. But, you know, we've uh, we've gone down that road with hope in our hearts before, and it's led to um, Brandon Woodruff being out for most of the season. But before we get to some positive news on Woodruff, uh, Wade Miley going down, uh, not something you want um, as he was starting to assert himself as, or I guess he had asserted himself all season as one of the most consistent middle of the rotation arms in the in the rotation. DMP old, I guess, is some of the energy there from what you're describing, and we hope it's just that. You know, it's you hear anything elbow soreness, elbow strains, it gets a little scary right away. It's the kind of designation that, I mean, just means nothing because it's so innocuous. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, this guy's out for the season. They're having Tommy John surgery. So. Let's let's hope the optimism is grounded in a real place and is right this time. And we're looking at a place where when Woody's back, Wade Miley's back too, and it's not trading in one starter for another. Um, but we'll we'll wait and see. I mean, the other I guess the other thing with that is Wade Miley has already had one miraculous recovery where he beat everyone's expectations to get back out there, and they made a big deal out of that. If he's been dealing with like bone spurs and pains in his elbows for quite some time maybe you shouldn't have done that uh i I know how desperate times were and they really just needed some experienced arms out there too but that's kind of interesting just put up against the oh we can't believe how fast he's coming along like i think he beat their projections last time he's out but like two or three weeks and it was just he was back in the minors he had maybe one start in the minors where he looked great, and then he's just like back business as usual. Um, maybe it is just harder to get a handle on this. He is old, he's the back half of his career, the back half, he's like on the last leg of his career. Um, but he's been great, and let's hope that he is back sooner or later. Because if the Brewers can, we'll get on some of the other potential additions or returning players in a moment, like. Wade Miley can be healthy the rest of the year and you get back the other pitchers that are coming there and you look at how pitching is driving this team forward already. Big opportunities open up. Because, I mean, when we talk about what's there and what's exciting about this team, I don't think we should get carried away even if they did manage to get a nice bat at the deadline. This team's identity and how they're going to win is firmly carved out. In spite of some of the moves were made, in spite of what we thought might have been coming, this team plays Brewers baseball, which means this is all about the pitching. And now that there is at least three quarters of a really elite bullpen, that's what it's about. So getting good starts from your starters and then the bullpen taking it home. Or even if you get a bad start from your starters, we'll get to one shortly. It's like carrying it through long enough, saving arms and then just seeing what happens, giving yourself a chance. The Brewers just overall have done a great job of that. Hopefully, Wade Miley gets to continue to play a part and we get some more reinforcements. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worrisome just with the amount of starter injuries I feel like they've had to deal with this year. I mean, of course, the focus is going to be on on a bat because, I mean, when Jesse Winker is hitting in the four spot uh, to start a game for you. You clearly need a bat. I don't, I don't know if anything has ever screamed you need a bat that much before. But, I mean, could starting pitcher even be something that they sniff out at the deadline? Because, I mean, we're really just throwing out whoever we can find at this point. I mean, you could always bring someone up and give them a chance as well. Um, I know it didn't line up well with the injury 
or when Miley was at least um, retroactively put on the IL to do like a, a gasser or anyone like that. Maybe we see one of those guys get a chance, but between Woodruff, you know, working on it and now Miley going out, it's like, okay, we'd really like, I mean, as you said, Adam, we'd really like both of them, but really would like to not have neither of them for an extended period because I don't know how much we can expect from Ray, Tehran, et cetera, uh, on a regular basis. I mean, those guys have done great stuff filling in, but you never like to have the fill-in guys, especially multiple of them, be rotation guys for an extended period. On to uh, more positive things. Um, Brandon Woodruff is uh, about to begin a rehab stint and will make a start this Saturday for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. So over three months without Brandon Woodruff. Um, and now he uh, looks to be making his return. I think I remember seeing uh, via one of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel writers on Twitter that the plan currently is for him to to make three starts, three Min- rehab minim- starts. And, minimum. And maybe, starts. yeah, that's, yep, and uh, likely more. And then a, you know, a timeline of getting him back sometime second third week of august so we'll get to see brandon woodruff pitching in real baseball games this weekend and then maybe they can get a sense of when he can return hopefully it's at three starts and in maybe a little bit more considering just how long he's been out but the the first i mean we've heard about bullpens for months now and now we're finally getting some concrete like real baseball action and that will hopefully get woody back in Let's hope so. I'm excited for it. I mean, you look at what Corbin's doing, and it's like there's only one other guy in this roster who can approach those levels. We know how well he was pitching to start the season. We know how well he pitched in the time he was available last season. Woody's kind of the guy, and I think we were feeling like that too, and as Corbin was struggling, and that injury was a real body blow to the Brewers. It's a testament to them that they've worked their way through it. They found a way through, and with all the other injuries piled on top of that, to get to a point where he's nearly back, to get to a point where others could be back with him, I mean, you're in the mix. If Brandon Woodruff is good to go and even close to his best, and you end up being a playoff team, you're going to have a real chance because you've got Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff as your one-two. So the really, it's the, the case is the better everything else starts to look, the more desperately you kind of want to see Brandon Woodruff back doing Woody stuff for this team. Hopefully not the only one, but would be a very nice trade deadline acquisition if Woodruff is back pitching for the Brewers soon after. I mean, you're not going to find a a better pitcher than that who is actually available and attainable for a reasonable price. Unless Matt Arnold wants to shock the world and trade a middling outfielder prospect for Marcus Stroman or something, which certainly on board for, but don't see happening. Uh, the good news just keeps coming. Uh, Aaron Ashby is throwing bullpens in the Brewers complex in Phoenix, and Craig Council said he is close to game action. That is per Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Hogue also writes that the plan is to ramp up Ashby as a reliever. So, uh, which you know I think is something Adam and I have been favorite in favor of for about a year, given the quality of Ashby stuff, but sometimes his control and command issues. That would be an interesting weapon to have as a middle inning reliever and as insurance in case, you know, someone goes down. So, all right. Uh, happy rehab to everyone involved. Cheers.
Yeah, let's um, let's let's move, hope that uh, let's go. Let's let's keep moving. All right, let's talk about this series against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies, red hot coming into this series, a team uh, who had been struggling early in the year, um, and now has put themselves back into playoff contention. A team that. Uh, notably got hot at the end of the year last year and made the World Series before losing to the, the Houston Astros on the mound in the first game of this series on Tuesday after the off day, Julio Tehran against Aaron Nola. And uh, on paper, that's uh, a mismatch. And it, it would, uh, you know, turn out to be not as much of a mismatch. And well, I guess in the total number of innings that each guy threw it was. But Tehran uh, continues to, you know, not, find the success that he had found in his early Brewers tenure. Obviously, uh, kind of the idea is probably that he's just hanging on for dear life until Brandon Woodruff uh, makes his return to the rotation. Uh, Tehran goes four and two-thirds innings, seven hits, four runs that are all earned, one of which was uh, allowed uh, as an inherited runner by Trevor McGill, who was called up as a corresponding move for Wade Miley. But yeah, ends his day uh, with those four earned runs allowed in just four and two-thirds innings. Phillies start start hot as Kyle Schwarber hits a leadoff homer in the first to make it one nothing. In the second, an Alec Baum ground out scores JT Realmuto, and then in the third, a Nick Castellanos single uh, scores Trey Turner. It's three nothing Phillies after the third, um, and from that point, Aaron Nola was rolling and holding the Brewers down, uh, not allowing them to to get anything going. Uh, thoughts on Tehran's start and uh, kind of what you see in this game and what you see moving forward for him. I, I kind of just want to shout him out again because, like, we know his story. We know it's like to get here. This was not good. And he's tough. And he fought and he battled. And the Brewers had a chance to win. And honestly, if anything, I think I think if he's allowed to uh, stay in and get that final out, I think he possibly gets it. And that run that ends up being the difference maker doesn't, doesn't necessarily score there. I know there was some speculation on the Bally Sports Wisconsin broadcast that he was on a pitch limit and having 80 pitches at that time, he was pulled because with all-star break, he hadn't pitched for over a week. Um, I think it was. So um, maybe part of that then is the rust too. But I mean, for kind of seeing a lot of trouble, he didn't blow up. He, he managed to keep things under control. And I know four runs is close to insurmountable for the Brewers, but it's not insurmountable. You know, you have a chance and if on a day where he doesn't have it, he can do that again, given the situation, given what we're trying to cover for. But that's kind of all you can ask for. And I just think he continues to show a lot of heart go out there. Is he the best pitcher on the staff like he briefly looked? No, he's not. And that's a big relief for the Brewers prospects of making the playoffs. But he he keeps fighting and giving it his all every single start. After that last Reds game, this is how you know things have changed for the Brewers. I thought they were going to win this one. I really did. I was like, oh, there's going to be some more late-inning magic. But I think the NOLA and, and the Philly staff, I mean, just did a, a great job on the start of the order for the Brewers in this one. I mean, this was the game where, like, I think nobody nobody had a hit until, like, the five or six spot, and there was only four total Brewers hits. I know Yelich drove in a run, but it was an 0-4 game for him. Um, yeah, it's tough to see Tehran. It's still, thankfully, they've been so good that it hasn't really stopped them from making the, the big standings push, but really does uh, more make me wish that they had capitalized on some of his really good early starts. I mean, 
think they lost like all four or four out of five or whatever. And he was actually very good in almost all of them. And now, of course, this game, not not there the last couple. Uh, and they're still losses, but tough, tough game. But I mean, as you mentioned, I think on the way in, Andrew, Phillies are, are quite good and they've been hot, um, a really good team. And this wasn't a, a walkover by any means. So not not a terrible loss and didn't have us feeling, I don't think, too dispirited going into the rest of the series. At least at least I, I wasn't feeling too bad. I mean, you're not going to win them all on the road against good teams. To your point, they tried to claw back. Where I left you in the narration was after the Castiano single in the third made it 3 nothing In the fifth, Andre Monasterio doubles to score Ryan Maltapia to make it 3-1. Monasterio later in the inning scores on an error to make it 3-2. In the bottom of the fifth, Adam, as you mentioned, Trevor McGill coming on to try and uh, get out of the inning cannot, and Bryson Stott single makes it four to two. Uh, in the eighth, the Brewers got a RBI ground out um, from Christian Yelich to make it four three. Ultimately, unable to do anything um, in the rest of the eighth or in the ninth, and they would lose that game four to three. But another notable thing uh, did happen in this game, and it's a guy that we love talking about, and we'll talk about him more a bit later. Uh, we got to see some more of Abner Uribe. Uh, he came on in the bottom of the sixth inning to face Trey Turner with a runner on uh, second, and he struck out Turner swinging absolute filth. Uh, stays in for the bottom of the seventh, gets uh, Nick Castellanos line out, strikes out Bryce Harper in just an absolutely filthy at bat. Uh, allows the JT Ramiro single, but then gets out of it with a Bryson Stock ground out. Uh, we love Abner Uribe. Love watching him pitch. Um, so that was a, a bright spot in this game for the Brewers that they ultimately could not come back in. Shall There's we move no... on uh, to the second game of the series or anything to add on Abner? I know we will get to we'll, talk we'll about get him more to. We, we, can, we, can, we can give him a full section in a, in a minute. So yes. I, I can hold it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Perfect. This um, game two of this series would, would go a lot better. And uh, a few 
key notable moments that were kind of uh, fun to talk about in in this one, especially if you you know you live on pitching Twitter. Um, getting the start for the Brewers in this game uh, was Colin Ray, and uh, kind of gave you a Colin Ray start. Was subject of uh, some bad luck at certain points. Um, Brewers would get this scoring started in the second. A Blake Perkins uh, double to center scores Andrew Monasterio, uh, Christopher Sanchez on the mound uh, for the Phillies. Uh, a lefty, so you know, always strikes fear in, in the fans of, of Brewers' hearts there. But Perkins is able to send a gapper into uh, the left center field gap, scores Andre Monasterio and Jemai Jones, who got the rare start as well. Uh, Christian Yelich follows with a double to left to score Blake Perkins. It's 3 nothing in the second. In the fourth, Colin Ray um, on the mound. Uh, Nick Castellanos at the plate, and uh, he hits uh, a solo homer to make it three to one every time nick cassiano homer, i get I nervous every time you say it i know i get you said it there i'm like oh no something bad is gonna happen yeah uh you know like i've uh been having like a, a lot of like uh heart issues lately adam and when i heard uh myself say nick cassiano's i thought i was gonna have a heart attack <laughs> on the podcast so uh that would have been a good time to have a second host on here because then like you could have just texted well, one of my just dogs keep going? To, roll me, to roll me into like the other room uh, while the paramedics work on me, and then uh, it's usually your dogs who text who text us at you when you know the brewer's excitement has got too much. Oh, that's true. They usually send a Discord warning out. So yeah, three one uh, in the fourth after uh, some tough luck uh, defense from Willie Adamas and Owen Miller. Uh, Colin Ray allows. Two runs to score on a Kyle Schwarber single to make it 3-3. Three to three. Overall from Ray, five innings pitch, five hits, three runs, just two of them earned thanks to the air, three strikeouts in the homer to Castellanos. Um, but yeah, 3-3 uh, three, three after the fifth. And uh, Ty, were, were you also uh, in full believe mode from that standpoint after the loss was, uh, or after the um, loss the day before? Yeah, I think so. Um, this was the game I didn't get to see all of it live, so I was following along. But anytime I feel like anytime the game is like close or the Brewers are ahead and Ray can get through five, it's like that's a good feeling with with the way this bullpen has gone, knowing you can hand it off, knowing like in this situation a tie game, probably just need to scratch off one more run. I mean the Brewers end up getting more than that, but that would have that would have done the job itself uh, with the way multiple of these bullpen guys are pitching. I don't want to say found money because it's not like five innings, three runs is like an exceptional feat, but it is like, oh, yeah, that'll play. Colin Ray, that'll play if you can just get through five and be in, in neutral ground. So I feel like this is pretty much always a good position to be in if, if you're the crew and getting this kind of start from Ray. And I want to hear from both of you in a moment because I want to talk about the guy that relieved uh, Colin Ray in this game. That's uh, Hobie Milner, guy who has uh, you know, done great work of late, just been a key cog in the Brewers bullpen. Uh, and Bryce Harper's at the plate against him. Hobie threw a scoreless inning. Uh, and Bryce Harper took all six pitches against Hobie and struck out looking. Uh, and some of them were, you know, Hobie had thrown a few balls, so Harper dropped his hands into like a, I'm not going to swing position. But then, you know, you get to the, get to the two-strike count, and Harper just still takes. Weird moment. Uh, Hobie had some thoughts on it, but first I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, Nice little viral moment for the Brewers on baseball Twitter. I mean, I I don't know what the scouting report said. Hobie Milner is 
not that guy. Like I don't. That's maybe the weirdest part of this. If this was, I don't know. I mean, Abner Uribe is actually a really good command since coming up, but he's known to be kind of a walky guy in in the minors. It's like okay, if that's who it is, and you're like, all right, big league moment. You're facing one of the most famous players in the league. Prove that you're not going to walk me. I get that. Hobby Milner, like, who's been around and just kind of grinds it out and pitches intelligently as to whatever the situation, like, asks of him. And then you very clearly give him a situation and you don't adjust yourself. I mean, this strategy is kind of bold and interesting if the idea is, oh, I'm going to jump on one of these fastballs down the middle. When you're which Hobie said that's what he it. kind of expected. Hobie and that, and after that's... the game was like, I, I kept waiting for him to try and ambush me, and he didn't. And I think, and you can see that it kind of took Hobie maybe even an extra pitch where he still wasn't doing it. And even w- one of the strikes was was low. I mean, it was it was borderline. He could easily have walked him, and honestly, if he walks him, I mean, I don't have a major issue with that because it's just it's a weird thing. Maybe that's part of the bet as well. Is oh, this is so weird that it could just spook him and I could get walked here. I weird situation, but I think mostly just weird because you're picking on Hobie Milner to do it, and you're picking on like the one game in the series where the Brewers rolled out their full A bullpen. It's like I can't remember if Bryce Harper went up against JC Mejia the night before. That might be the time to do something like this, you know, not necessarily for Hobie. So. I don't know what part of that where that comes from. Obviously, Hobie has sort of a kind of a sidewinder release. It's a it's a little bit unusual. Does that just lead to oh well, this guy's not going to find the zone? Hobie will find the zone if that's what's going to get him the out. And Harper dared him, and honestly, looked like an idiot as a result. I mean, there's no other way around it. Part of the ambush strategy is eventually ambushing one. <laughs> sure, you know, he did really go with that. <laughs> oh, it's it's, it's even was... more bizarre because it's like. He was trying to show him up, right? Like he just dropped the hands. I think he kind of, kind of didn't for the last one, but still was never really that close to swinging. Maybe we'll Hobie William just Contre- broke. Yeah, Contreras' we'll explanation was interesting. Well, we'll see him do that at the plate sometimes. Like if on maybe a first pitch or on if he's got two balls or something, he'll be like, "Make me throw a strike." Then he locks back in. Yeah, Bryce didn't really appear to do that. Um, Honestly, there's a bunch of Brewers, Andrew, who could benefit from taking that approach. I, I, I was, I was thinking the like camp. the, I mean, maybe the whole time. I mean, the the Winker method, maybe. Um, although I did oh. say the Winker method was finding an error to happen to get you to first as well. So there's a couple Winker methods out there. Owen um, Miller might snap out of his funk if he, you know, just at least for maybe first pitch the hands. Took, took a leaf out of the Bryce Harper book. Times where certainly Joey Weimer could benefit from that, although Weimer can't have a normal take. It's one of my favorite things to watch the way he like contorts his body for any take. Just <laughs> an incredibly weird guy, and I love him. Uh, but yeah, just a weird situation. I think mostly weird because it's Hobie Milner who, like, is kind Hobie of established him. now. Like Hobie broke him. Ho- Bryce didn't want any part of Hobie. Did you guys hear Contreras' thought on it after the game? Yeah, uh, he had an interesting take on it. Um, yeah. He said, I think there might have been something with his elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Harper came back from Tommy John, so Contreras thought the angle that Hobie delivers, like it might have been a concern trying to make contact, mm. which I don't know if like he had heard that or that. Sh- it seemed like that just was his 
hypothesis on it. I do think that career, Harper was 0 for 1 against Hobie going into that. So, you know, limited sample there, but not not had success against him before. Very, very strange all around um, thing, though, for sure. And especially like, you know, if you want to have a guy do the drop hands and make him throw a strike thing, maybe not Bryce Harper, maybe like, you know, one of the other hitters on the team when like maybe anyone but Harper or Castellanos. But uh, it was definitely weird. It's nice that the Brewers are on this side, though, of a viral moment after the L.A. De La Cruz one uh, before the All-Star break. So we'll take we'll take a successful Brewers viral moment where we can get it. Did you hear he threw another ball hard today? You I think had he's to do that pretty regularly. MLB won't shut up about it. Uh, I I know. I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm not actually mad about it. Um. Anyway, uh, was there was there no quote from him or anyone from the Phillies? That's actually something so I haven't seen, the, and now I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm like Fox Sports Wisconsin. Uh, sorry, Bally Sports Wisconsin. Uh, I'm old. I think they said the manager asked him about it, and it was just trying to get a walk or something like it was kind of unclear, but the presentation being that the manager asked Harper about it, I thought was interesting. Don't quote me exactly on that, but I, I don't know if it was Sophia or one of the, the in the booth guys. I don't remember who it was who said that, but. Okay. So I see the athletic reported that he had a 101 degree fever on Tuesday night and lost his voice on Wednesday. I don't know how that <laughs> results so that in, means he... in that. So he couldn't swing his bat. I don't know. But I'm or just he couldn't explain himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe that's it to to anyone, including his manager or teammates. Yeah. Anyway, a 3-3 game when this baseball. takes place. Hobie Milner. Yeah, baseball is a weird, dumb, stupid sport that I love so much, which is why we're here. Uh, threw a lot of pitches in the outing, partially because... Bryce Harper didn't want to swing at any. Uh, so one inning pitch for Hobie, that sixth inning, two strikeouts um, and a viral moment. Uh, Elvis Pagaro comes in, provides another scoreless inning. Uh, Yoel Piamps comes in and provides a scoreless eighth uh, after the Brewers had take, retaken the lead in the seventh. William Contreras doubles to left to score Blake Perkins to make it four to three. In the top of the night, Contreras doubles again to score Joey Weimer to add a little bit of insurance. Devin Williams comes on in the ninth inning, uh, is kind of the recipient of some bad fortune with some batted ball luck that gives the uh, the Phillies kind of a rally in the ninth inning. But one of those runners was erased by William Contreras, throwing out the would-be base dealer at second, went to review. The review was confirmed. Brewers did get the out. Devin ends up getting out of the mess to win the game 5-3. to three. So Hobie Milner, Devin Williams, Yoel Piams, Elvis Peguero, and William Contreras, um, big-time performances in a 5-3 Brewers win. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see if Bryce Harper regains his voice anytime in, in the next uh, couple of weeks, and maybe we'll get him on the podcast, ask him about that moment. I remember us talking about a series of the Phillies last year where he was like, he would basically commentate it for two innings, and it was the dullest thing we've ever come across. I don't know if we want him to get his voice back. I have very distinct memories of that. Uh, can I shout out one thing? I, I feel like we're giving a lot of praise to El Piams recently. Uh, his ERA is at a 179. He is just behind Devin Williams, who I think we're all in agreement of has been absolutely insane this year. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that. Devin Williams could have 
a completely ridiculous season, stack up saves, and maybe not even finish with the lowest ERA of a Brewers reliever. Like that's that's how good Yo Piams has been. And I mean that play has worked it into a spot where he's a setup man. He's it's not like he's in low leverage situations at all. And like this is this is the example of it. It's like, oh, you know, high pressure game, eight inning. Yeah, nine pitches and two strikeouts. It's, he makes it look so easy. He is so good. His slider is electric. I just love watching all Piam's pitch. And, I mean, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of victories that have have been celebrated and will continue to be celebrated for Matt Arnold in terms of just shaping this bullpen. But Piam's is amazing. And... uh the volume of innings he provides out of the mm-hmm. bullpen. So he 45 and a third innings pitched, which is the most for someone uh, on the team. That's like only reliever. Obviously we've gotten some Adrian Hauser relief appearances, a Colin Ray relief appearance, but as a, you know, a guy who his role as a reliever, he leads the team in innings just ahead of uh, Bryce Wilson. So just like a quote unquote, throw into the William Contreras trade and a guy who we were talking about, when there was a roster crunch in spring training, talking about the guys without options and how they could be at risk. And he made the team and has been the only, they're the best pitcher, not named Devin Williams in that bullpen. And that's yeah. An incredible story that just keeps getting better. I think about those podcasts on that time of year sometimes, cause it was all like, like the fervent Luke Voigt discourse. And it's just funny how, how fast things can change. And, you know, obviously we had no way of knowing, you know, something like this would happen, but it's always fun when not out of nowhere, but kind of someone just comes out of nowhere like this and and lights it up. Well, what I will say, we we were, we were never fervent about Luke Voigt either, but we were like, I mean, as options go, why not? And might as well. And the reason why is exactly because of what we're looking at in the first base situation for the Brewers yeah. now. But it yeah. is, and I, I will admit, I spent uh, probably the first month of the season on the pod. I was very regularly like, I feel like Yoel Piamps is just going to get blown up any day now. It just, it felt like there was something about it that was on the edge every time out there. Honestly, I couldn't tell you if he's just tightened things up so much that that's not the case or if I just trust him so much now that I don't feel like that's the case but it's it's just a nice relaxing experience anytime I see the ball in the old pipes hands it's like April okay. 13th April 13th he was pitching I think he had some guys on and I remember this because I tweeted it and my tweets are just my diary now sure but I was like Piamps redemption I'm either in or out and he got out of it and I was really excited and ever since then I've been in so I think maybe he saw the tweets is my thought on, on what turned around Pion's Listen, season. Who knows? Who can say? Wouldn't be the first Milwaukee athlete to see your tweets. <laughs> Would be the first to have a positive reaction to them, though. That's true. <laughs> uh, this is why I never tweet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, that that's baseball, fellas. Even, uh, like, off the podcast when I would defend Yul Pion's, I was like, yeah, I think he's like a 330 ERA guy, and he's now half that. <laughs> like, uh, and But, you know... I, there's some fervent tape on me talking about Jesse Winker this offseason, so that's a that's a tough look <laughs> right about now. But like you know, during uh, the World Baseball Classic, everyone watching Trey Turner every uh, homer every bat. Who would have thought that he's sitting here uh, with an OPS below 700? Uh, so like we said, baseball weird, 
dumb sport. Uh, moving on to the final game of this series, Corbin Burns taking the mound against Tawan Walker, looking to continue his just red-hot form, looking like the guy who won a Cy Young. And he did exactly that. Um, eight innings pitch, two hits, no runs, none uh, none earned, obviously, as <laughs> I scroll across. If you don't give up a run, you can't give up an earned run. Uh, that's a <laughs> that's a life hack. Um, one walk, 10 strikeouts, 100 pitches across the eight innings. His ERA da- back down to 3-4-9 now. Brewers uh, got the big uh, the big blow in the third inning on a Christian Yelich homer to right center field. Andre Monasterio and Bryce Terang were on base. Monasterio continues to just hit his way into this lineup. Two for four, two runs scored on the day, hitting 303, 384, 408. So another guy who's come out of nowhere and has just been a kind of a vital part of these last few weeks, the bits and pieces that he plays. But yeah, the the story of this game is is Corbin Burns, and then someone we'll get to in a moment. Um, I mean, this is just a game changer for this team. Uh, like we talked about, um, at the beginning of this podcast, you know, something's clicked over the last few weeks. Um, and uh, Burns is is figuring something out. He's so into every inning. I mean, I guess that's that's the thing. Um, he does also just looks like he's having fun out there too, which has not been the case most of the season. He had a kind of a nice exchange and a laugh with Bryce Tarang today, and I was like. God, it feels like we haven't seen Corbin do a bunch of that this season. He hasn't, he hasn't been smiling much. Um, it's been a lot of kind of anger at himself, which as we talked about, and as he has talked about, that's what he kind of pinned down to. What was the transformation in him as a pitcher? A big part of it was getting his emotions under control and becoming a completely different kind of guy. And I think we're seeing a very level-headed, even-keel Corbin Burns and then whether it's the final out of the inning or whatever it might be, then we're seeing big emotion and he's letting it out. And he looks great. I mean, all of his pitches are working right now. The curve looked absolutely nasty today. I mean, particularly early on in the game, Phillies were just being flummoxed by it, which, I mean, who wouldn't be when he's when he's trying it that well? So it is a game changer. It's back to a place. I remember when Andrew was trying to, you know, convince me to have a baseball podcast with him. And he was talking about just Corbin Burns starts, you know, their point of viewing, their must watch TV. Andrew, for a long time, even before this venture, he'd be like, Corbin Burns is pitching today. I'm going to watch that. That is absolutely where all baseball fans should be right now, not just Brewers fans. If you're a Brewers fan, you certainly can't miss it. But back-to-back double-digit K games and just him looking as nasty as he had. We talked about it the two prior games to that, too. Some bad luck. I mean, the stat lines didn't bear out just how well he was pitching. He's pitched four to five really, really good games in a row now. Um, and it's it's something that it feels sustainable. And that's a massive, massive deal for the Brewers. Some numbers to the curveball and how effective it was. 69% whiff rate today on that curveball. So it was it was untouchable. Obviously, whenever you have multiple pitches that good on top of the that damn cutter, it's it's gonna be really hard to hit a guy. It did feel like I think he gave up two hits today. There was a third base runner on an error where Caratini kind of just lost the ball. Like it wasn't like hits where, you know, someone took him to the warning track, right? Like you know, guys found the gaps and got on base, and then that was that. I mean, he was, without actually having a no-hitter, 
as like as close to literally unhittable as as you see i think in in a game right below that level of literally a no hitter really really fun to to watch corbin deal like that the other one to your point of 10 strikeouts this is his 23rd double digit k game which is now five ahead of any other brewer brandon woodruff and i I think gallardo is the other one who have 18 each Uh, and then the list goes down from there as a little kid Brewers watcher, I was surprised that Ben Sheets wasn't higher on the list because hmm. anyone who was a little kid when Ben Sheets pitched thinks of him as a god, probably because, you know, pre-Corbin, the true ace on the Brewers was maybe not actually always a true ace. But uh, anyway, another great, great outing from Burns. And I mean, it makes it really easy when that guy gives you eight innings like that. I mean, it's, you know, it would take a pretty nightmare Brewers to – performance to not get the win and and thankfully that's not what we had today uh put some respect on chris capuano's name uh ty uh, i love cappy had, i don't ha- i don't know no how long aces. he had i loved <laughs> cappy i was a huge cappy guy i felt like he wasn't there for long i could be misremembering uh i just wanted to to get that's one, a good that's a good call out w- yeah. one joke off after after that but uh in the ninth inning uh admir uribe makes his uh second appearance in this series Walks Trey Turner to lead off the inning. Bullies Nick Castellanos with a strikeout. Bullies Bryce Harper uh, with a strikeout. Bullies Adam or Alec Baum with a strikeout. He doesn't bully Adam. He's very <laughs> kind to Adam. Uh, he's uh, very nice to to all members of GSPN at this moment. Um, Brewers win four nothing behind. Uh, really, some uh, just elite pitching on the day, and uh, we love to see it. Adam, I said we'd set up the Abner talk. Uh, we were looking forward to seeing him pitch. We knew there would be high highs. Uh, we, you know, knew in the back of their, our mind there could be some low lows. But right now, the vibes are only high. He's getting it done, and it's just electric. We we have seen some some trash out of the Brewers bullpen this year. Like outside of the guys that were all in agreement, oh, these are the dudes. Basically, everyone oh. else has been terrible. Go on. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out those uh, the good members of the Brewers bullpen uh, today uh, once more again because Kurt Hogue tweeted they have the highest the Brewers bullpen has the highest win probability added of uh, I can't remember if it was National League or just baseball in general. So the the top end is so good, and if we can have Abner come in in the middle there and do this, oh baby. Well, that's the thing. So he comes in, makes his debut in what is a close game. Like a game that they can still go and get against, you know, your biggest division rival against the Reds. Um, and he pitches very well. The bullshit balk ultimately, you know, causes him some problems, but pitches great. Two innings, not just, you know, flashing the absolute heat that he throws, but also eating some innings for them as well. So we go to that, and then we're into, okay, when are we going to get to see him again? What are we going to get from him? And you get to this series, and you're getting him in increasingly high-leverage situations already. Like, today's a game you want to win, and against a good team, and win the series, and Corbin's giving you eight unbelievable innings. Sure, you've got a lead, but four runs can go in a hurry, um, particularly if, let's say, Abner got out there, and he was really walky, and he did walk one to start things off but he's already showing that like he has got good control with 
the 101, 102 heat that he possesses. It is phenomenal. His stuff is so nasty. He looks so just composed. Um, he's not really rattled by any of it. I think that's a big deal because for me, I think part of the context, this will factor into an argument they'll be making in his favor in a few, couple of minutes as well. But on boat outings in this series, he faces the heart of the order. Trey Turner might be having a down year, but Turner, Cassianos, and Harper, that's pretty scary for anyone, let alone a guy who is just up, is super young. He doesn't just do it once. He does it again. He like just ruins Bryce Harper's life twice. I mean, maybe maybe he broke Bryce Harper in game one. Maybe that's why he wasn't taking, or he was just taking pitches from Hobie Miller. But to do that and then see out a closeout game for the Brewers, I I think it's it's a big deal. This is a guy who you put him in this spot and you're putting him in this spot in the hope of, okay, we obviously like this guy. He's one of our best relief pitching prospects. Could he be someone, though, that we're comfortable in high leverage spots as the season goes on? And like as the season goes on, already feels ridiculous because he's like, it's maybe all he's the, done. But it's like the fifth most trusted reliever already. I mean, he he's right uh, there with Bryce Wilson with very different situations and needs for when you'd go to one guy or another. It's like you take out Hobie, True to Devon, that list of guys, and Abner is right there with Bryce Wilson. Where you're like, okay, so your bullpen looks like, and if you're talking playoff time, and that's where this team ends up getting which they're currently headed there, so let's hope so. The rotation gets kind of tightened up and you get some guys back. That's going to become more and more of a crunch. And you know what? A lot of the concerns you have with the bullpen will go away, but it's all the easier. Just one extra guy and one guy as talented as he clearly is, as unique. Like, he's just out there throwing harder than any brewer has ever thrown. He's just there a few days. And he's like, yeah, no problem. He's given up one run and... Honestly, this is not this isn't even just like homerism. It was bullshit. He wouldn't even have given up a run if not for that. I could not be more impressed by him. I could not be more excited every time I see him warming up in the bullpen. It's like, hell yeah. Now now we're talking. Let's get Abner going. Uh JC Mejia or Trevor McGill might be named Justin Wilson soon as well. So Which you will help potential you know, add a guy so that Hobie doesn't have to be the only left handed reliever in the pen. And then if Abner slots into that middle inning role uh, or li- like this situation as well, where it's like, okay, we got a four or five run lead. We want to lock down the night. You're not bringing in uh, someone that's going to have, have to have you get Devin warming up and him coming to a game. He has no business going on going in. Abner can be that guy without having to be one of the high leverage guys uh, in his rookie season and provide a real value to this team that, like you said, is built on pitching and defense up. Valley Sports broadcast showed this year 11 shutouts, leads baseball. So yeah, Brewers baseball, Adam, like you said, winning a lot of tight games and tight margins, and Abner can really help with that. Like, he, he just bought the A-team of relievers a day off, where the, yep. the problem we were getting into is that luxury wasn't there, where Corbin, sure, great, you went eight innings, Corbin. Well, Devin Williams still has to come out to finish this game off because it's only a four-run lead, and it could still go wrong with some of these guys out there. Big deal, like really big deal. One, you're you're helping close out that result. You're not giving up a run, so the feel good factor is there. Everyone gets that kind of extra jolt of energy and momentum. But you know what? Tomorrow, let's go. Pagero, Piamps, Devon, 
Hobie, you know, have those guys available. This is how the Brewers can win more games. And if your your ace is going to pitch like this and give it a chance that you just need one or two good innings from someone to to see a day true for him and, you know, not have to go to those guys to do it, fantastic. But it, it is a game changer. Like, part of me feels like, okay, this is just another reliever. And he is a reliever and he's super young and he's super raw. And the reality is this is probably going to go wrong on one of the outings, maybe more than one of the outings. I think what we're seeing, though, is like reason to buy in. It's reason to believe. It's like, yeah, okay, whether this just stays like this, <laughs> probably won't. But there is there is something very, very serious here that the Brewers should be excited about. They should invest in and remain patient with if there are some downs. 102.2 miles per hour is the fastest, according to Baseball Savant, I think. And I believe it was friend of the show, Kurt Hogue, also who tweeted out that is the fastest they have on record for any Milwaukee Brewer. To your point, Adam, his stuff is so nasty. It moves and also is the fastest we've ever seen a Brewer's pitcher throw, literally. The slider is good. I mean, some of the, it's funny. Some of the times, like with the control thing you talked about, um, I'll be like, oh, man. It's a pretty bad, a pretty bad miss there from Abner. And he comes back and throws like the same pitch and he does get the swing on that one because it moves so fast and hitters have to decide so early if they swing that he kind of has the luxury of if you're a little bit off, it doesn't really matter. Like, oh, you accidentally put that fastball down the middle. Well, it's 102 miles an hour. So you kind of get away with that actually. Uh, whereas, you know, obviously most pitchers could not afford to do that. Um, I think his control has largely been good. Um, I remember, of course, seeing his call-up video the Brewers shared and how emotional that was. And that just means he's someone that you're going to want to root for, you know, anyway. And the way he's pitched has made it even easier. And having, you know, five to six guys that you trust pitching in a relatively close game with the lead, it seems like a huge luxury. And whether it's being able to rotate a little bit, you know, if the starters do go deep or, you know, especially in the playoffs, if you need six, five, six innings of relief from the bullpen, looks like a group that's going to be able to provide that, which is really exciting. Final note, two, all three of the games have been relatively high leverage. Two of the three has gone more than an inning, which is valuable in itself. I mean, a guy that can come in and give you two innings in a close game, that helps even more. So really not much negative to say about Abner Uribe, everyone's favorite new brewer so far. And the command was the big like source of stress coming up because he did walk guys really regularly so he's pitching some of the biggest highest pressure situations of his life so far all in big games all in close games uh 4.1 innings pitched seven strikeouts to one walk so far and how did he respond to the one walk he didn't bat an eyelid and he just mowed through the heart of the phillies order to close out this game seems pretty good to me i believe we called it bullying or by we i mean me Anyway, he bullied the middle of the Phillies order. Ty has always said, you know, that he's part of pro, pro bullying podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Which we here do not endorse. Like crazy Except when it's the Phillies. Except when it's Abner Uribe and it's the Phillies, which is yeah. a combination. I mean, he can bully the hell out of Philadelphia sports teams for all I care. Yeah. I, uh, so we'll get to the, uh, the Master Brewer leaderboard here in a moment. Uh, Brewers take two out of three against the Phillies after uh, sweeping the Cincinnati Reds so a five and one start to the second half of the the season and pretty important given the the tough opponents that live within this stretch uh one of which we'll get to in a moment so we'll uh go to the leaderboard 
then we'll do the look ahead. And then I want to ask Ty a quick question, put him on the spot uh, and just, you know, pick his brain because we don't get to have him on here often. Go into the Master Brewer leaderboard. We'll, we'll see if they keep winning. Maybe I'll be a, a standard fixture if they if they keep up. the. Uh, oh, did I say that out? That, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. Listen, it was already a given. Everyone understood it. You didn't need to vocalize it. Um, If they do keep winning, you're required to to come on at least, Fair you know, point. a monthly or something. Keep the vibes let's, going. I don't let's, know. Let's see how this let's see how this next series goes. It's gonna be a, if they don't do well in this next series, I might not come on the rest of the year. And I think we can all understand that. I think we can too. Uh Corbin Burns gets a pair of beers. Uh question for the group, Abner Uribe, are we doing it? Or are we giving them two? I turned it over to Ty and Adam. Where are we going with this? Well I mid podcast pro- proposed in our Zoom chat that I think you should have two. Uh, which Ty pushed back on. I think two and a third of three games in a series. And again, Trey Turner, Nick Cassianos, Bryce Harper. And like, he's he's not even like, he's just over a week up in the majors. He is, you know, fresh-faced, bushy-tailed, and he's just, he doesn't care. He does not care. I, I think over two innings without giving up a run you know really minor one walk one hit i i think that's two and i think for other pitchers we'd possibly give two and i don't want us to refrain here that's my case but um i'm prepared you guys no 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 you got me with the middle of the order it's it's a great point high leverage situations Uh, i'm in on two i love abner so I think this, much like last week, giving the relievers a lot of love was partially a contextual thing as well. The sweep, the close games, the division opponent. I think this also applies to Abner, given the middle of the order discussion you just had, but also where he is in his career. We may have higher standards for Abner in future episodes, but for right now, I think it's uh, it's too beer worthy so that's two for abner um i was just waiting to hear ty's feedback i had already written it into the doc um I love it. great uh that's that's good to know ty would have been overruled if ty was like no i think he gets one and be like well ty you don't make the rules that's around too here. damn bad <laughs> well listen you know uh the, you have the no gas, power here the gas gave me new life today i needed it uh, I had suffered. I had suffered an injury of my own going into that outing, uh, as these guys know. And uh, now, uh, now I can't even feel it. Um, and, and Andrew Pyanskin, got his toe stuck in the outfield wall. I did. I was shagging fly balls in the yard, uh, and I got my toe scraped. Uh, I think our listeners uh, probably just like imagine you in like a full body cast at this point, just <laughs> like from from the war stories they could tell. Episode. It's to not episode. going great. <laughs> I'll report back next week when I get a professional and take a look at me. Uh, Yol Pineapps gets a beer. Elvis Peguero, Hobie Milner, Christian Yelich gets a beer. William Contreras gets a beer. Andre Monasterio gets a beer. And Bryce Terang gets a beer through 97 I, games. Go ahead. I have a Monasterio take. It's a Bill Simmons yes. take, so I'll do it in a bad Bill Simmons voice. Priscillo, I think he's got the clutch gene. I, I just think every time, every time they need him, he's right there. It's not a good Bill Simmons. It's I hopefully it's a good take. I don't know. I feel like all of his hits, I feel like they're like, oh, that's a good time for him to get a hit. That's a good time for him to be on base. 
I'm all in. I love Andrew. Andrew, how's the name change process going? I know you mentioned this a while back. Uh, He's living up to it so far. The paperwork has been submitted. <laughs> uh, so we're just waiting on uh, who, whatever department does name changes. We're waiting on yeah. them to get back to me. You know, uh, sure. The the name change office. It's it's located uh, in D.C. It's right next to um, the Capitol. So. You know, they had a tough week when all those crazy people went off. Um, anyway, uh, Gordon Hayward's dropping it off for you. Meanwhile, uh, uh, 782 <laughs> OPS for Andrew Monasterio. Ty, I agree. Yes, he, uh, it's clutching. He's, he's pretty clutch. I, he kind of feels like a guy that there's no right for him to still be around at this point. Like, it, we've gone through multiple cycles of shouldn't he be back in Nashville, but he is delivering. And on the list of guys who may end up back in Nashville pretty soon. He's quite a few names down it, so that's just not really how I'm viewing him anymore. It would be better to be in a spot where you're not as reliant on Andrew Monasterio clutch hits, but while the Brewers are, if he can deliver quite a bit, well, we won't say no to it. It would really be a better large... if he was like a right fielder or a first baseman, but you can't win them all. A large portion of this season has been hoping things that feel unsustainable just keep, keep happening. Going. And yeah. and you gotta ride it out <laughs> until it's, it's working with the bullpen. Lip. So why uh, not dream? Yeah, there there are a lot of cases, but we'll talk about that on a later date when we see what happened at the trade deadline. Uh, leaderboard through ninety seven games, Devin Williams still leads the way with twenty five. Yol Piamps hot on his heels with twenty. Christian Yelich at eighteen. Corbin Burns now at sixteen. William Contreras at fifteen. Brian Anderson, Elvis Pagero, Hobie Milner with 14, Willie Domas and Joey Weimer at 13, Owen Miller with 12, Peter Strzelecki with 11, Roddy Telez and Bryce Wilson at 10, Bryce Serang now with 9, Wade Miley, uh, Freddie Peralta, Victor Caratini with 8, Julio Tehran and Colin Ray at 7, Garrett Mitchell, Adrian Hauser, Andre Monasterio at 5, Blake Perkins, Jesse Winker, and Abner Uribe at 4, Jake Cuggins, Eric Lauer, Trevor McGill with 3, Brandon Woodruff, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Tyrone Taylor, Ramel Tapia with two, and Mike Brasso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, remember him, Abraham Toro, J.B. Bukowskis, and Jemai Jones, all with a single beer. Darren Ruff with the original just freak stadium injury, too. I mean, we've we've had multiple of those, just what the hell? This chunks of road stadium just injuring Brewers. Brewers first baseman, too. I mean, yeah, I. I was looking at the who's injured page on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's website and I saw Darren Ruff and I was like, God, this has been a long season. And yet, you know, last week's been very positive. Uh, shall we look ahead, gentlemen, before I can I just add, with a question? Can I just add one thing? Because every now and then you know most of the time i just kind of zone out when you run down that leaderboard i'm like god i'm glad i don't have to read all those names out every week but one name jumped out to me there and it's peter strzelecki having 11 because it really feels like so long ago now since he's lost it and i had noted on some recent pods that it continued for him in nashville and he is just being atrocious i'm happy to report last two outings no hits no walks, no runs. Back-to-back clean outings for Peter Strzelecki. If he could just regain it and become Peter Strzelecki again, again, that would be a massive deal because he was one of these kind of... 
he was an unsustainable guy until he became sustainable and we had full trust in him and it ultimately you know into the next season it then went away but if if Strez could come back you know another couple of outings like that and particularly at a time where uh, Trevor McGill and JC Mahia are still in the mix it's like give me Peter Strzelecki back because we, we know what his stuff can be like and that he can be a really effective major league pitcher. So still early because it has been really bad for a while, but back-to-back encouraging outings for Peter Strzelecki with the sounds. Strzelecki's got the rare uh, is nails take from me, so I'd certainly love to to see him back. That's for sure. Hobie kind of went through it, not to that extent, but a little bit early this back. year too yeah. and bounced back. Yeah, I mean, it's... Pitching lab, getting guys back on on track. There's a, there's a precedent for it. So fingers crossed that they're doing the same with Strez. Yeah, let's cross those fingers. Uh, the Brewers were now will now head home uh, to take on the Atlanta Braves. Seven uh, ten Central start on Friday. Freddie Peralta against Mike Soroka. Uh, Saturday, July twenty second, a six fifteen Central start. Adrian Hauser takes the mound. Against most likely, um, it seems like it's going to be AJ Smith Shaver. I don't think they've named a pitcher yet, though. At least uh, I'm, I'm using two resources now, Adam, since ESPN has let me down uh, so mm. often. So, um, and then Sunday, Julio Tehran takes on his former organization, facing off against All Star Bryce Elder. Uh, so three in Atlanta or against Atlanta at home, then they'll welcome Cincinnati for three more, and then they go to Atlanta. Before the schedule starts to ease up, uh, I will be at the Saturday and Sunday game in Atlanta. Will I get kicked out of the stadium? We don't know. Uh, we'll have to see on that. Go oh, we know. The Brewers lately. Uh, two, two and a half game lead on the Cincinnati Reds in the, the NL Central, who also uh, took two out of three this week against the San Francisco Giants. Um, but yeah, Ty, the one question uh, before we get out of here um, is... You know, you've been seeing the chatter in the Discord. You've been seeing chatter on Twitter. You heard the last podcast. Are there any trade pieces that you have your eye on um, that you think around the edges the Brewers should go for? We're not going to talk about Shohei Otani. There's Absolutely too much not. oxygen wasted on that in the last few days. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I don't usually go for specific names because I feel like I never I never know as much and I don't seem to have a good feel on who they would actually go get. The one I've probably thought about the most was uh, CJ Crom from Colorado. I feel like that would be a very nice addition. I don't know. Is that – I guess that's maybe – is that a little more than reasonable? He's an all-star last year. He's not having a great year, though. I don't know where, where we fall all agree on – how big of a deal that would be, but just like a real first baseman who can like, can he be around like someone, anyone who I can buy in as being like, yeah, he'll probably be like around maybe a little worse than Rowdy last year. Like if we could just get last year's Rowdy, that'd be great. I mean, uh, maybe that's just Rowdy and he gets healthy. That's fine too. Hi, that, this the, team is killing it with last year's Rowdy. Oh yeah. It's like, right. I, that's I that's mean, it. But I mean more, more than just like, wouldn't that be cool? Like, Last yeah. season's rowdy on this team. This team, we're having entirely different conversations. We're all getting carried away. We had the conversation about CJ Cron last week, and while I, Andrew went through his numbers, I was like, basically talking himself out of it. The point that made him at the time was Andrew, 
he would be the best first baseman on the Brewers with those numbers. Uh, I thought I don't know if I'd say that won you over, Andrew, but it was, I guess, no, no noteworthy context. So my opinion has downshifted it even more to like not being too picky on this deadline. If we if they got two league average bats at either corner slash DH, obviously those are all kind of interchangeable and depending on the guy you get or right field. And they were just like merely league average, two league average bats. I'd be throwing a party for like, uh, oh yeah, you know, not not too much cost. Like I described to some people last year what the 2021 Atlanta team did when they kind of remade their outfield on the fly for not really giving up anything at all. That is now harder to do with expanded playoffs, fewer sellers, more teams that think they're in the race. But like them getting Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, and Jock Peterson, like help them take a tough start and become a world series winner because it raised the floor of an offense that had just lost Ronald Acuna. So if the Brewers can find one move that gives them league average production at one of those positions, and then you get like a rowdy bounce back or, or casting comes up or freely finally figures it out at Nashville and then has a hot stretch up here. I think that just like raises your odds, obviously of winning that NL central. And then, you go into a three-game wildcard series if you don't get the bye with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and the five bullpen guys that we've been talking about as being reliable uh, all season. Whatever Abner does, whatever Justin Wilson does, whatever kind of other bullpen arm you maybe get around the deadline. Yeah, you you get into the playoffs, and then you just like you get that uh you get that fun and you get that juice uh, back in the fan base. Um, yeah, and, think, if, and if you make a deep run, you make a deep run. Kron's OPS would be like third-ish on the team, depending on you know how you look at who's qualifying. But it's like Yelich, Contreras, clearly they're both above 800. I think he's like 762 right now. Uh, Monasterio, who, again, probably a little unsustainably hot, is batting 292 and has a 767. And then the next closest is Caratini and then Owen Miller going down. But Miller is now just barely over 700, kind of fallen off a bit recently. We'll, so, we'll always have May. We'll always have May, <laughs> Owen Miller. <laughs> Owen Owen Mailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, adding in a guy who's just like a consistently good hitter is like, yeah, that, that, that'll that play. I mean, could you could Tapia just hit like he's hit the whole rest of his career? Could he do that? That would be great. He's done it his whole career. You guys are both out. Everyone's out. Everyone's out. Sorry. I don't care. Not just good. bat 240. That's all I need. Whatever the corresponding OPS is, he just can't do it. He's had a decent July. Just it wasn't he's, good. This look, series, he's though. done some good things. I just every part of it just feels like a bit too wild, man, for me in terms of his 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 whole energy is not very Brewers. I don't know does anyone else feel that. Um, he's just kind of like he might hit a homer, or this could just be three really big swings, and he's sitting down before that's, he stood up. Pretty um, I mean, look over at shortstop. Oh, yeah, okay, there other. But you can only have so many of those guys. Yeah, that's an which issue is why too. which is why Keston is in Nashville in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Well, my my biggest issue with Tapia and his corner outfield role oh, is that he's got not a ab- good outfielder. Ab- well, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem he's got too. he's got absolutely zero pop. Like n- yeah. what, like what is it what has he done as a brewer? The one homer in the game that I was at, or maybe he has two, two homers, no doubles, no triples in fifty one at bats. Ooh. Like Jesse I, Winker also... would kill for the, the second homer. <laughs> oh my God. Uh <laughs> That's at the deadline. Well, can one of these like fringe guys be a guy that can 
have a little pop for me as well. That's, that's I'll, all I'll say. My, my deadline goal is we never see Winker play again. Maybe that's rude. I just, I, it's, it's depressing to me. It's depressing I, to me. I don't, I don't need to retire him. If he wants to play for another team, I'll allow it. Yeah, as a brewer, as a brewer, I don't care if okay. you, uh, in China, what I don't care. But I don't a designated hitter who doesn't hit. It's just like it doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> for good reason. I think that's yeah, a fair thing. It's the whole, it's the whole deal. I mean, we're at a point like if Woody comes back. Maybe just don't DH if it's going to be Winker. Just let Woody hit. Like I would, I would consider it. <laughs> How many homers uh, has Winker hit off Clayton Kershaw? Let's look it up. I think it might be close. Um. So since I, uh, I also updated, uh, or I said I jinxed uh, Yimer Candelario because he had a thumb injury. Um. Right after I talked about wanting him on the team, uh, he's back playing. Hit a homer last night. My switch hitting corner infield dream boat. I asked my friend last night, who's a Nationals fan, I was like, can we have Lane Thomas and Yimer Candelario for two prospects that'll never pan out? He was like, sure, I'm dead inside. So that's what we're going to go with. Uh, Matt Is that a deal? Does, does he I have the... Can you two Mike... <laughs> shake hands on that? I mean, that's the that's the key question here. I don't think Mike Rizzo operates under the same terms, but you know, I wish he did. All right. That's all I got. I think that does it for us. Thanks very much for joining us, Ty. It was great to have you on. As we said, it means good things for the Brewers, it means it's gonna be a fun episode. Uh Ty only committed. Like when it when it was clear this was gonna be a good episode. I was gonna yeah. put that out there. Yeah. Um no, great to have you on. Hopefully you'll be on plenty more over the rest of the season. So make sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. That's cruising for a bruising. Should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to mostly the Eurostep at this time of the year with Ty and Rowan. Also, maybe myself and Jordan, I'm winning six. Talking to Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. There's a firecracker of an episode up there now. Bart Winkler is on as a guest with Jordan and Numak. I haven't listened to it all yet. I've I've heard some snippets. I've seen some clips, and uh, I think it's worth checking out. Is the, are we all in agreement on that? It seems like it's something that people might be interested in. I was honored to be involved as a stand-in to make sure the YouTube graphics were right. So just like the honor of my life, but yeah, you were you literally played a mannequin for Numa ahead of time. Exactly. Yes, which is my best role. <laughs> Anytime you can hear from an NFL owner on a GSPN podcast, I mean, you can't you don't want to miss that level of insight from that that level of power. So the great Bart Winkler, always worth listening to. Absolutely. And last but by no means least, we've got to make time for this for all things pop culture. Um, we've had a good run of episodes, good run of things to talk about lately, Andrew and I. We had the bear last week. Uh, it was at Asteroid City the week before that, Andrew. We've we've had a fun run and that's about to continue. Um, we're you know, a couple of hours from now, we're going to talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So that'll be out for all of you to listen very soon. And of course, just like probably every other movie podcast in the world, we will have episodes on Oppenheimer and Barbie for all of you next week and beyond. I was going to say, happy Barbenheimer Day in the US here. I don't know where it is everywhere else, but I think today is the day over here, right? Yes, according to Andrew, anyway. It took me like by the, surprise. Maybe there's some the, limited stuff before. Yeah, they're they're probably technically what they call previews, but when they're like wide previews, I mean it's out. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah, there's I like know, I know real life today. people who yeah, I know real life people who are going to at least one today. There you go. That's that's good. I'm a real life person who's going to tomorrow and I look forward to it. So to hear about all of that, make sure you subscribe, subscribe to all of our pods, check out all of the work we're doing across GSPN. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Ty. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, fellas. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.